Hey everyone, I'm Sarah James, a beauty blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about two women trying to tackle better self-care. We are both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet we find it elusive. And while we may have all the info we need, we don't always get there. From the silly to the serious, we are taking a vulnerable yet humorous look at body, mind, and spirit and maybe a touch of the random, all while looking at the distractions and defenses that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hey guys, I am here with Claire. We're going to do a self-care check-in with each other, and then this is going to be followed by a very fun interview with a doctor who I cornered and basically asked all of the weird questions we don't want to ask our own doctor. So Dr. Niket Sampal was very generous with me in answering all of our questions. And actually, when I say our, I mean our. Because the group really came through <laughs> this time. You guys, I asked in the Facebook page what questions you have for a doctor. Um, many of them revolve around weird body noises. We discuss farting. We, dif- <laughs> we discuss queefing. <laughs> we go there. Burping, hiccuping, all of the weird things our body does. He is here to explain all of it. And did you notice how quickly you put that question out in the selfie group? Oh, and like before people, you could even mm-hmm. finish, people had just they did. rapid fire they questions. Had many questions about our bodies. So um and he was a really good sport. Nice. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Claire, how is your self-care going this week? Well, I'm still working out, which is kind of just a shock you. mostly to me. I'm starting to get anxious about we are leaving for Austria in a couple of weeks. This is the biggest trip my family has taken. This is, I mean, Austria is big. It is. I'm not even so much concerned about actually being in Austria. Mm -hmm. I have so much anxiety about that flight. Oh, yeah. With my three youngest kids. Yeah, um, you should. (laughs) Let me make you feel better about that. You should feel anxious. And my mom. Who love her to death, but we definitely are not like stress easers Mm -hmm, for each mm other. Mm hmm. And my husband, which, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, he'll read something while we're on the plane. So you're but, a, your, your teenage child? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just me doing this with all yeah. of the people. I just, I have a lot of anxiety about it. Um, you know, my older daughter, I'm not so worried about. She's 12. She'll yeah. read and kind of keep to herself. My two younger ones, I'm just, I'm like up at night thinking like they're going to be hungry. They're going to be annoying. They're going to kick seats. They're yes. going to piss people off. Well, that. How long is the flight? 13 hours. Yeah. I mean, I have done those. I've done a couple long hauls with my kids. First of all, usually they have televisions on those long hauls. We're flying Delta. Yeah, they will. They'll have televisions and they'll feed them. Okay. So make sure, have you gone in to the um, website and requested children's meals for your kids? No. Okay, do that. Oh my God, I didn't know that was a thing. It is a thing. You can request, uh, there's a variety of meals you can request. You can request gluten-free, you can request vegan, but you can request a child's meal on on a long haul flight. Exactly. And so it'll be, instead of being, you know, beef broken off or whatever that they usually <laughs> beef stroken off that they There's usually an serve. Onion touching my meat. Right. You know how airplane yeah. food is usually well they're trying to be fancy but it's really actually terrible. It's like frozen like yeah. TV dinners. Basically. Yeah. So the kids meal is usually chicken nuggets or sold. Yeah. So go and do that. Okay. But then also be prepared that they may eat nothing and just buy lunchables. I know they're so Can bad. You bring them to the plane? Oh yeah. 
As long as they don't have a Capri Sun in them. You know how some of them... Yeah. Oh, I do not care about the health of no, the... Or like, uh, you or just, sourced. Like, it's just yes. eat and shut up. I always, before a flight, buy a bunch of Lunchables. They're $2 each. Brilliant. Because you know how air... Like, air... Like, um... Food in airports is ridiculously expensive. Oh, yeah. It's like $7 for a water. Yeah. And then they usually don't want to eat anything no. that's on the plane. I mean, it's always like a curry chicken sandwich. Like, my kids aren't going to eat that. I probably won't even eat that. So, yeah. Get Lunchables. Okay. Um, and then you- what do you do about seating? Okay. So, it's... Mm-hmm. I know I talked about other adults. Let's just pretend they're not in the equation. Okay. Okay. So, me <laughs> and three children. How do you... <clears throat> I mean, you guys have done this a million times. How do you break up the seating for the younger kids? Well, I do think that you should involve the other adults with you. <laughs> and I think your husband should be in charge of his child. Okay. And that's then fair. and then you and your mom should and I would I would break them up um with like an ad- one adult for each kid. Do your kids sleep on the plane? Um not if they have an iPad or television and so I will tell them way ahead of time we're going to sleep because it's a nightmare if they don't. Yeah. Because you'll you're probably landing in the morning, right? Yeah, we yeah. leave exactly. Right, and yeah, and then you get in that situation where you can't even check in, and then everyone's so tired, and you're walking around. And a we're going to be waiting for transportation. Uh huh. Yeah. So I usually explain to my kids from this hour to this hour of the flight, you will be sleeping, and then I make them turn their televisions off, mm-hmm. and I take their iPads away, and then they sleep. Do you notice that even if they do sleep, if you don't have darkness, is that a problem? Well, usually on a long haul flight, they will make it dark for a long time. They almost create a sleeping time okay. on the flight. Okay. Uh, they'll they'll turn they'll serve dinner and then they'll turn all the lights off. Okay. So I haven't been on a flight this long. I mean, we went to Jamaica in November, but I have not been on a flight this long. I think until since I was about twenty years old. Yeah. Well, it's good that it's it's good that there is no layover because that's a nightmare. On the you, way back there is, which is yeah, the worst time to have one. That is the worst. But it was like a $1,200 difference. And oh, I was like, I suck know. it up, kids. Yeah. But yeah, I would make them sleep. Just okay. take their devices away. And I feel and badly that I'm having this much anxiety about that part. I should be, I really should be trying to like channel this energy into the excitement of being in Austria. Yeah. But I feel like I can't be excited yet. No, I actually, like this like. I'm the same way. I always feel the same way about long flights. Gosh. Like, oh, And I am excited. I mean, Austria is a beautiful place. I would love to hear from anyone um, in our selfie group if you've been there, things to do with kids. We're going to spend – my husband and I are going to take two days away and go to Salzburg on our own. Nice. Which I'm really excited about. Um, Grandma, good luck with the kids for those two days. (laughs) Go enjoy the Alps. I don't know. But I really am – it's like – there's just, like, this level I have to get through before I can, like, enjoy the trip. Yes. And then also knowing I'm going to have to experience that on the way back, too. Yep. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. I mean, I love traveling with my kids, but that aspect of it, the flight, it's a real barrier to traveling more. It is. It, it's a big Well, deal. this will be the test. Yeah. This will be the test if they get to come more places with me. Yeah, totally. So and wish I, me luck. I, I really have found um, the flight is actually not that bad. It's landing and then they're exhausted and then waiting for the taxi and then you know getting where like that hour after the flight when they haven't slept so if you can enforce sleeping i highly recommend it hear the sounds oh yeah like taxiing right i can just hear the sounds of like not wanting to carry my bag no yeah i'm so tired (laughs) i am so tired i'm so tired yeah so yay yay for traveling guys 
But you're doing it. I am you're doing, doing it. it. And that's a big deal. And our passports came. Yay. Which okay. Because you have to renew your kids' ones every yes, five years. I know. Which you forget about. Oh, yeah. And if, like, you're within that weird window, mm-hmm. they make you do it anyway. Why give me an expiration date if it's not real? Yeah. If you guys have not experienced this before, if you have a passport expiring within six months, you actually cannot travel right. on it. So it's basically, it's expired if it expires within six months. And for me, I'm like, a, I'm such a procrastinator. Yeah. Like, that messes with me. Oh, like, yeah. Like, just tell me the real date. Exactly. <laughs> so it I can get it done. Weird. Yeah. So anyway, yay for traveling. Yay. And I will keep you guys abreast of our travel woes. Yes. Or wins. Yes. <laughs> wins. We're banking on wins. What about you? Well, um, okay, my current self-care struggle is um, getting dressed in the morning. <laughs> I feel that so hard. Um, and let me just say that it is 10 a.m. right now as we are sitting here recording. And Claire, would you like to describe what I'm wearing? First of all, I want to say your hair is curled and you have eyeliner on. This is true. That <laughs> part is true. I, I got there first. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like you're wearing... Have you seen the Big Lebowski? <laughs> <laughs> like the dude robe. I'm wearing my pajamas. Is that a robe or a sweater? It's a robe. It's a robe. This it's is a my... very trendy robe. No, this is that Barefoot Dreams robe. Oh. Yeah. It could kind of go for like a long like yes. duster. But no, I am I am wearing... Loungewear. It was pajamas. I am wearing what I slept in. I think like I'm trying to really boost you up right now. No, just like let's own it. I am still wearing the pajamas that I slept in last night. You are. So this is... And this is a testament to our friendship that I... I'm like, nah, I don't oh, care. <laughs> totally. But totally. But at the same time, I just I have a struggle with not getting dressed in the morning. I will just I work from home and I, you know, I'm an Enneagram three. I wake up and I want to get stuff done. And this isn't like on the level, this isn't like on your checklist of things to spend time on. No. And so I will I will think to myself, you know, I'm just gonna do that little little task real quick. Well, I have energy. I'm wide awake. Like, just going to do that little task on my laptop. And then it's three o'clock. You know, I, I sit there I just there want you to also know o'clock. that you just described the mind of every person with ADHD in the world. <sighs> That's us every day. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and it's, and I will think to myself, I should shower. I should go shower. No, I want to get one more thing done. And then I will finally shower and get dressed Right before I go pick my children up from school. It's like you're getting ready for them. I am. And then like like a lot of times at pickup, I have wet hair. And I had another mom say to me like, oh, did you just go swimming? And I'm like, no, I just showered. I just came back from the club doing my laps. Finally showered at 3 p.m. That's my life. And it's like I have a lot of shame about it, too. Like, you know, people will come to the door at like 11 a.m. And I'm still in my pajamas and I won't answer. Like... (laughs) I just don't know what my problem but is. But wait, are you going places throughout the day? Of course not. Okay. No, I'm just sitting in my house <laughs> Kristen doesn't on leave. my laptop. But why the shame? If you're not going anywhere, no one's seeing you, does it really matter? I don't like the way it feels. That's that's the weird part. And, okay. the, and you know, a part of, you know, we started this um, podcast wanting to ask those questions like, what are the barriers to self-care? Right. And I I don't feel good working in my pajamas. That I understand. I don't feel You're not good. your best self. No. And and on the rare days that I actually, like, let's say that, like, last week I had a mammogram at 9 a.m., right? I got up, got dressed, then came home by 10, was dressed, and I felt great. Like you had more energy to, oh like, take gosh, the day Oh, my gosh. I just felt better. So I, this is a weird one for me where I know I would feel better if I would just get dressed, take my shower, get dressed in the morning, and I don't. 
do you think that it would be easier or maybe more hard on the days your kids aren't when they don't wake up here? Mm. Sometimes my kids will stay at their dad's. And so the days right. that they're not here in the morning, yes. I really slack. Like I really I will yes. lay in that bed until legally allowed to. Um yes, I will do that, but I will say that I do drive my children to school in my pajamas. Oh yeah, sometimes I don't even wear shoes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I put my Ugg boots on and my pajamas they look enough like loungewear, you know. I mean, it doesn't totally look like pajamas. I usually throw a big sweatshirt on. Um, do our kids ever call you pajama mom? No. <laughs> they do not. But I will side note say that there is a mother at our children's school that is referred to as pajama mom because she does wear – like, listen, everybody wears pajamas yeah. at drop-off. No judgments. Right. I get it. I would rather come home and take a shower after totally. that. Drop, pajamas at drop-off is – we're just going to call it socially acceptable. We've all kind of just accepted that amongst Fine, each other. Fine, fair. Yeah. You're going to go home and do your thing. Um, this particular mom, and I really hope she never hears this episode, although she's making this choice. Right. And she could be anyone. She could be anywhere, but it is very clear who it is at our children's school. She does wear pajamas all day, every day. She shows up for meetings. She shows up for events. Um, They're at 3 p.m. in her pajamas. Intentional pajamas. Inten- and they, yes, yeah. it is not loungewear. It is plaid pajamas, slippers, and a cami with no bra. I have to say, I do kind of envy how much she owns it. I she, mean, she sure really, does. She really just like, this is who I am? Yeah. And you know, she's probably productive as hell. <laughs> I know. And I, you know, this is very, I feel, this feels so mean, girl. I don't know her name. I don't either. And everyone calls her pajama mom. I know. Every, my children do. Like, and that's why I had to ask you is, have you gotten to that level with your kids? Um, no, I only drop off and then I would never in a million years pick them up in the pajamas. I mean, I would, but I would honk from my car. Well, yeah. And wait for them to come out. No, because I just, I can't even walk out of my house at 3 p.m. in pajamas. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a box off the ledge <laughs> in my pajamas. Heaven forbid. You know, it's just, this is my very private shame. It's, you know, I pull it together when I have to leave the house, but I just, my goal is to be up and dressed every day. It's like, for me, like making my bed every day. I have to like decide yeah. I value it. Yes. Like, I just don't know if I do. I know. But also, would you, okay, showering, I mean, do you shower every day? Are you an everyday shower? I am everyday shower. Okay. So, I mean, there are days, I'm not an everyday shower. Yeah. Um, I'd say... Five to six days out of the week. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will get up and throw my hair in a ponytail and just go. Yeah. Or I'll shower that night. Yeah. You like the ritual of doing it every day. I do. And, you know, I get – that's that's kind of an aha moment for me that you say that because that is a part of it is I do take a long – either bath or shower every day. I shave my legs. I – like, I do that wow. every day. And I do my hair every day. And I do my makeup every day. Wow. So it is like – you're it's, committing to like a routine. It is a it is a routine. So I think that's a part of why I procrastinated is it's like, it's not just like 15 minutes, throw some clothes on, like I'm going to spend an hour yeah. getting all the way ready. And that means that that's an hour away from all the other yes. things that you don't have time to do. Right. That's why I procrastinate it because I don't, I mean, sad to say, but I don't leave the house without makeup on and I do my hair every day. You do do your hair every mm-hmm. day. I do. And that takes freaking, that takes time. Even, well, even, if, even when you're rushing. It does. It's weird. I don't look great in a top knot. Like, I don't have the hair for that. It's weird. Like, my hair is just weirdly lumpy. 
when I put it in a top knot, it like just doesn't look right. And if right. you take half of it up, it's just like what it falls to one side. Or yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like I have friends who look so great in it, and they can just pop their hair up. I don't know. My hair. I have like my, none of those friends live on the street. I'll tell you that. My my hair is just like my scalp is just cowlicks. It is a cowlick <laughs> in every direction, and so I when I put it in a top knot, it just like shows like all of the weird ways my hair is growing out I of my head. I feel like everyone wants to see you in a top knot now. Well, I mean, I. Not to say I don't sometimes do it, but I, I would not go pick my kids up from school without having my hair done. So that's that's a part of the issue is that my getting ready routine is long and I put it off. I just I wonder what's <laughs> okay, I, it's so funny. I'm not I'm going to start paying attention to like the are level you? of readiness that you okay. are. I don't think that my levels of readiness look that different for me to like get up and throw something on without being showered and then me trying really hard, which, by the way, hurts my ego because yes. no one ever tells me, oh, yeah. you look great. I'm like, yeah, I know. I worked an hour on this. Um, it's not really that different. Okay. But cleanliness-wise, sure, absolutely. No, I'm here to report that mine is different. I do look very different without makeup. I have blonde eyebrows. <laughs> I look like I don't have eyebrows. We call them ash. You know, no, they're not. No, let me actually clarify. They're not blonde anymore. They're white. <laughs> they are white. They are old lady white. Like, I am Andy Rooney if I don't, like, do a lot of care on my eyebrows. So I want to tell you a story. We have a neighbor kid who has no filter, and you know who I'm talking about. Oh, my about. gosh. And this particular <laughs> child came over to my house. He's 12. Bless him. He came to my house one morning, and he walked into the house. He also sometimes just walks into my house. Yeah. Sometimes I wake up, and he's in my living room. Doing reading. dishes. Or doing dishes, yeah. yes. I love this kid. But um, I truly do. But um, I came downstairs one day, having not showered, not knowing he was there, and I stood there and talked to him for a few minutes, for a few minutes. And I came down from upstairs, <laughs> sit there and talk to him. And then like five minutes into the conversation, he goes, are you Kristen? <laughs> Mind you, this kid has lived by you for like... But he just had never seen me. I had no makeup on and I hadn't done my hair. And he just was... I look... I. I actually do look very different without makeup. I don't think so, but... Um, I don't think you've ever seen me without my... Of course my, I have. I mean, uh, we vacationed together. Claire, and I put my makeup on. What? I always have makeup on. I'm telling you, I have white eyelashes and white eyebrows, and it looks very weird when I don't have any makeup on. Okay, well, now I need to see this. Well, you will. Someday. Someday. But it's... <laughs> It's rough. So anyway, that is my goal is just to get dressed in the morning because I'm going to do the routine. I'm actually, I, I'm not complaining about my routine. I just need to do the routine when I wake up and stop doing right it away. at 2.30. So like, what if you woke up and like took the kids to school and came back and jumped right into your yes, routine that's before what you did I, stuff? that's what I need to do. Yeah, but we get distracted by the emails and the I texts know. and then. It's always that feeling of like, I have to do all these things. One more thing. But I also have to take a shower because I just, that's who I am. And this comes into play, like the whole idea of self-care being an indulgence versus yeah, a necessity. It does. So it's like the, your yep. thought is, I need to do this first yep. because it's not as important it's as my so self-care. It's so true. This so is just another that. example of me pushing my self-care off. Yeah. It's so true. That's what Which it is. Which is unacceptable, Kristen. I know. So anyway, you can hold me accountable to getting dressed in the morning. I'm going to just start like trying to find you without makeup you on. Should, you should just come knock on my door yeah. at nine in the morning come and be like, are you dressed? Yes. What's going on? I'll be your accountability partner. Where's your clothes? Where's your clothes? Why are you wearing loungewear? Do you have a bra on? <laughs> do you right now? No, okay. of course not. <laughs> I do. I'm feeling very, very um, self-carry. 
So there was a recent conversation in our Facebook group about tampons, and many of our readers are fans of one of our favorite sponsors, which is Lola. Lola is a female-founded company that offers a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners. We love Lola. Um, I specifically love it because it makes my month so much easier. They have a monthly subscription box. You guys know I love my subscriptions because it puts things on autopilot. Um, Tampons are one of those things I constantly forget. So they show up at your door. You can choose your mix of products, your perfect mix of absorbency, your number of boxes, and how often you want it delivered. It's so nice not to have to think about it, and the subscription is really flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel anytime. Their products products are 100% organic cotton, no rayon, no polyester, no synthetic dyes. But the great thing is, in addition to tampons and liners, they also have a line called Sex by Lola. And this is gynecologist approved sexual health and wellness products that include lubricated condoms, personal lubricant, and these awesome individually wrapped cleansing wipes that you can use anywhere. Um, They're designed first and foremost, like everything else in their company, by women. Like their tampons, Lola's products are stripped of unnecessary irritating additives, and they're available for subscription. So you can add it to your period subscription. Everything that you need is conveniently delivered on your ideal schedule. We have a special offer for you guys. For 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter the promo code SELFIE when you subscribe. That's mylola.com. Use the promo code SELFIE for 40% off all subscriptions. What do you have for two thumbs up for this week? What are you loving? Talk about self-indulgent. Uh-huh. Like, person lately i have just two years ago or a year ago you went on this like dress yes. adventure on amazon yeah so i did that this year okay and i think i talked about that in a couple episodes ago i bought like 20 dresses and yes. I, I was going to on a wedding amazon yes uh-huh. <clears throat> i went to a wedding in north carolina mm-hmm. i was real. i was a maid of honor yes and i was really trying to just like play yeah, the part totally. i was like i want as much like what's the what's the movie with the southern uh i already forgot anyway um, Julia like Roberts. Hope one? floats. Oh, hope floats. I was trying Got to be like very Southern Belle. Oh, okay. Right. You were putting on your Southern costume. I was. I love it. The Southern Californian is like, oh, I'm going to wear Southern clothes. Oh, yeah. And I got my hair done. Super volume. Oh, mall hair. Yeah. Higher the hair, closer to Jesus. <laughs> uh, okay. So most of the dresses that I found actually were great. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, like, it's always like a 50-50. Sometimes less. Yes. Right? But the, the favorite dress that I have, and I will also put this in the group, um, some photos of myself because I love photos of myself. Um, it's a red and white t-shirt, um, or sort of short sleeve dress. Uh-huh. Kind of comes a little bit below the knee. Yeah. Buttons up the front with a tie. Oh, cute. Yeah. It is adorable. Okay. Less than $30. But the red and white polka dot, I'm loving polka dot right now. I was looking That's actually. A very retro look. Yes. But I was looking for originally like a rust color mm-hmm. with polka dots. Didn't find the best things for my body type. Mm-hmm. But this, and you can even look at the, um, what I loved about this dress, you can see the reviews and it's a bunch of different body types. Awesome. Um, and they had it in blue and white, which I also bought. But the red, my absolute favorite. And for blondes, reds are, red is fun. Yes. Totally. Um, I wore the crap out of this dress. Oh, I, was, I love it. I wore it in North Carolina, where when I got there, it was hailing. It was also 86 degrees and like mm-hmm. 100% humidity. Um, looking at the picture of the girl, my body looks nothing like this. <laughs> Absolutely nothing like this. Just um, full disclosure, I'm a double D on top. I usually wear between an 8 and a 10. It looks great on me. It gives me a waist, which yes. I don't naturally have. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of play. Oh, I forgot it has pockets. 
Ooh, pockets. And yeah. I, I like the flouncy sleeves. Yes. It has flouncy sleeves because I feel like that kind of hides maybe some upper arm. Yeah, things. it absolutely does. And um, it's a little bit higher. Um, I'm not showing cleavage. Yeah. Which is really important to all the Southern people. <laughs> so I felt like I was really, it, it just hit all the, it checked all the boxes. I love it. I'm gonna- and I wore it with my kids. Cute. Yeah, super cute. Ooh, so it was cute like look. not trying so hard, but like yes. still like super pulled together. Yeah, just so me was, in a casual yeah, red polka dot totally. vintage dress. I didn't spend three hours trying to tease the back of my hair. It's totally. fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then changing gears completely. Um, big struggle in our house is, sorry, it's my own internal struggle. I like all of our <laughs> hampers to match. It drives me crazy that everybody's room has a different hamper. Oh, do you have hampers in their room? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And when it gets to the top, it's mm-hmm. their responsibility to take it down. Good mom. And bring it into the laundry room. Mm-hmm. Typically, I'll kind of sort. Right. Just because I don't, I try not to do more laundry than we have to. Although I really don't like my clothes touching my son's. Oh, I am at the point where when my kids' hamper gets full, I make them wash it themselves. We're not there yet. Yeah. We're getting that, there. That's a beautiful place. My be. older daughter, she doesn't even have any desire for me to be involved in her clothes washing. Yeah. Like, she's com- completely yeah. on her own. Yeah. My son's a different story. Well, he's young. Yeah. He's well, I also will say that these natural, de- not deodorants, these natural detergents. Yes. Not working for the crunchy socks. Yeah. Like, do you ever just want to throw, like, their socks away? Yeah. Oh, I oh, have. I do. Good gr- grief. Anyway, um... I was getting annoyed that all my kids' hampers were, like, different colors and just... so I know it's not, like, a big deal. But anyway, I was been looking for the perfect hamper. I have a very mid-century mod house. um, And I thought I found one. It's the Bird Rock Home Bamboo Hamper. It's $30. It's great because it's... It's canvas. Yes. And it's really, like, durable. Yeah. I bought other ones before from Target or whatever, and they Mm. knock over. They come apart. Yeah. This one's really, really durable. Nice. So we have one in every room. Oh, that's cool. Except for the guest room, but I'll probably mm-hmm. order that soon. <laughs> and I, I love it. And they match. They and they all match. All match. And Thank if goodness. one bag doesn't fit on – I mean, if if I've taken one bag into the hamper right. and then return it back, mm-hmm. it'll fit on anyone else's. Yes. So it's like it's like having socks that all match. I don't know really what has happened in our lives that we've got to the point of being very excited about hampers. <laughs> but, you know, I have a hamper that I'm very excited about, too. Do you really? Yeah, it's the Snap Crates one because it, it folds all the way down. Oh. It folds down into nothing, and then you pop it back up, and so I now have those. But my kids, I don't have their hampers in their room. They're, it's in the hallway next to the um, washer and dryer. Yes. Well, you have a cute little like so laundry section. And let me explain why I do that, um, because if I don't, and they have the laundry in their room, their room smells to high heaven <laughs> because of the sports. That is so true. So Sam you, is not allowed to put sports clothes in his room. Yeah, it's so that gross. That has its own, like, quarantine Oh, section. my gosh. It's so gross. Yes. But I do love those Snap Crate hampers. I have one everywhere. And then I just buy extras for, like, carrying things. I don't know what that is. Look, it's right there. It's So it's, like, um, a canvas bag, but, like, the size of a laundry hamper, but the whole thing collapses into you, itself. Into itself. Smart. Yeah, it's really nice. And they come in different colors. So I'm using that to help the kids sort their laundry. So like I mean, that would probably be way more effective for my kids like learning and dealing with. Yeah. Let me be very clear. My choice is decorative. Right. First and foremost. <laughs> Function uh, yes. second. Yours are cuter. Mine might be more functional. Yeah. Which would probably be helpful for the stink coming from my child's yes, room. Totally. Sorry, Sam. 
All right. Well, my first thumbs up is Dead to Me on Netflix. God, so good. If you have not watched the show, I cannot recommend it enough. It is dark. It is interesting. It's intriguing. It's, it's so hilarious. Good. It's so good. And to anyone who's recent, I won't say even recently, anyone who's lost someone close to them, there is a cathartic yep. feeling as you watch the show because the things that come out of these characters' mouths are yep. everything. Yes. When you're in it, when you're in yep. the thick of it, this is... I. I recommend the show to anyone. Yeah. It's a really good show. So I just binged it. Like, totally binged the whole thing. Christina Applegate is everything. She is. She's so good. She so good. I mean, we haven't seen her in a lot of dramatic, yeah. darker comedies. Yeah. And so I was I was here for her. I really, oh my really gosh. liked her. I mean, I will say, she has a, had an amazing career. Because you figure she started, you know, as this little, like, busty bombshell. Yeah. Married with children. And she's done a bunch of like rom-coms and stuff. She has. She has. She's great. I really like her. Um, And then the other thing, um, my other two thumbs up is this adorable little, um, it is a postcard book. Now, let me explain this. I don't actually send postcards, Um, but it's called Pep Talk Postcards. And it's from Emily McDowell. If you're not familiar with her, she makes like the cutest kind of like word art Mm -hmm. with sayings. Kind of reminds me of some of the things that we post on the selfie Instagram page. It it, totally, it looks, they all look, all these little postcards look like, um, a cute handwritten quote from Instagram right. or Pinterest. Exactly way to describe it. But the great thing about this little postcard book is they're five by seven. They're really cute colors, really cute sayings. And so this is what we used for artwork in both of my daughter's rooms for their little oh, really? gallery walls. Yes. Oh, perfect. We just pulled the little postcards out because they're really and fun. And they're the perfect size. They're the perfect size. They fit in like the Ikea five mm-hmm. by seven frames. Um, so they're not really normal postcard size. They're a little bigger. They're bigger than a normal yeah. postcard size. Yeah, they're five by seven. And they're just, they're cute sayings like, now is the time to live your dream. Seize the day. The sky's the limit. But seriously, no pressure. <laughs> I love that. It says that, you know, or together we can move mountains. Well, climb mountains. We can definitely look at pictures of mountains. So they're just, they're these really cute sayings. And they're drawn really well. Take the road less traveled. You don't have to wear pants. You know, <laughs> with a just, picture of a girl with no pants. Yes. Thank you for existing. I mean, they're just cute. And if you if you were a postcard person, obviously it would be adorable for that. But I love finding books that I can use for mm-hmm. artwork in my kids' rooms because it's hard to find artwork. This would be a really great teacher gift, too. It would be. Because it's a little bit – I mean, I could see a teacher giving those – to students, yeah, not the no pants one, but yes. the other ones, yes, yes. Uh, and it being a little bit more meaningful yeah. than maybe like a thank you card, totally, yeah. So it has twenty postcards in it. Um, they're super cute. They're super cute. Pep talk postcards, yeah. Well, hello there. I'm Christine Co. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're the hosts of the Edit Your Life Show, a podcast where we help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we help you take action with doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Our show covers everything from parenting to food to work to home to self-care to finances to relationships through our own conversations and experiences, as well as expert interviews. To learn more about our show, head to edityourlifeshow.com, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Edit Your Life Show, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey guys, well, I am here with Dr. Niket Sunpal. He is an adjunct assistant professor at Truro College of Osteopathic Medicine. He's clinical instructor at Kingsbrook, and he is on the board of the New York American College of Physicians. He completed his fellowship in gastroenterology at Lenox, and he has written lots of fun and interesting articles on all kinds of interesting body ailments. Thanks for being with us. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Um, so, you know, we, um, have a bit of an ulterior, ulterior motive with you here today. We oh, want boy. to ask you all the questions we're too embarrassed to ask our doctor. Oh, it's totally fine. I'm happy to sort of <laughs> put those myths to rest. And more importantly, you shouldn't be worried about asking your doctor. We've heard it all. And I know, actually, right? We actually prefer it. I know. I know. I, th- I feel so silly all the time when I'm in my doctor thinking like, well, I can't ask him this because how mortifying is if they don't see it all day, every day. Oh, no. If anything, we're so tired of, you know, sniffles and and things that we would love to have someone ask us questions that make us sort of think and, and you know, be a bit of a detective. <laughs> so you want the weird questions. Of course. Most of us got into it for the weird. That's probably very true. Um, and here we are about to talk about farting. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Let so- it out. Um, we had lots of burning questions from our listeners, um, and, and a lot of our listeners are dealing with all kinds of period-related related issues. Um, mm-hmm. We have a high percentage of female listeners, and so a lot of people want to know, why am I gassier during my period? Sure. So there's two big um, parts of it. One, during the menstrual cycle, there's a lot of interplay between hormones, the big two, estrogen, progesterone. Both of those hormones do affect a lot of body processes, including the menstrual cycle, our moods, but they also affect the frequency by which the GI tract moves. And so as the cycle begins and concludes, there's a massive rise and fluctuation. That fluctuation may make our GI tract move more quickly. When it moves more quickly, you're going to pass more gas. Uh, some people even feel like they get diarrhea during their menstrual mm-hmm. cycle. And that's I've all heard other of that people same- that happens too. Yeah. Not me. And, oh, gotcha. A friend. Yeah. And then a friend. others say yeah. they develop constipation. So everyone's individual. Yeah. But a lot of it is almost due to that hormonal flux, which okay. is a natural part of the cycle. Mm-hmm. But the second is, remember, during the menstrual cycle, uh, cravings tend to be different. We tend to crave certain types of foods. Yes. Certain things that may produce more gas in our GI tract mm-hmm. and through our microbiome. So maybe probably a little bit of both, a little column A, a little column B. Got it. Another reader said, I heard that if you're farting and you have gas, you're allergic to something and you shouldn't get gas if you're eating the right foods. Is there truth to that? So it's a very common thinking that if my body is producing gas, that means I'm eating the wrong thing. The fact of the matter is, is that our body has gas because number one, you're swallowing air, either from eating too quickly, Mm -hmm. the food that you're eating, drinking through a straw. And if you don't burp that air out, it's going to come out the other end. So that could be just normal gas, normal air. But the second is that even the healthiest foods, not all of them can be digested. For example, kale salads, Brussels sprouts. These are Mm. foods that are vociferous vegetables that are going to produce undigested carbohydrates and cellulose. Yeah, those will do it. Bacteria, Mm -hmm. totally. (laughs) Will then break down for us, but we can't break them down. Mm -hmm. And those large intestinal bacteria are like, hey, I'm going to turn this into gas and something for me, you're going to have to let it out. Mm -hmm. So even sometimes the healthiest foods can do it. 
And that and that's not a problem. I mean, because that is for sure true for me. Kale salad, broccoli. Mm-hmm. There's going to be gas, but totally. that's just normal. That's okay. Extremely normal. And my favorite movie uh, that sort of capitulizes what we should be thinking about gas: Shrek. And in Shrek, <laughs> you know, he says "better out than in," and uh-huh. he's absolutely right. Okay, got it. Another listener wants to know, um, I always fart when I'm just peeing. How can I make Mm -hmm. that stop? Sure. So this is probably more of a learned behavior or has to do with the way you're peeing. So the first is is that we tend to, when we go number two, tend to have number one go as well. Yes. And so that's part of the sort of inverse with the learned behavior. Your body's like, I'm here, let's go. Exactly. Let's take Mm -hmm. this moment and just let a little out. And most people (laughs) will feel more comfortable anyway after they let gas out. The second is if you're a a peeing sitter, and it can happen in both genders. um, If you sit and pee, then what you'll notice is that our pubococcygeus muscles relax, the rectum dilates a little bit and decides, let me air a little air out as well. So it's a part of that as well. But again, uh, it's nothing abnormal. Got it. And then on the topic of farting, I need you to to settle um, an issue I'm having with a friend who has told me that she has never farted, and I don't believe her. Sure. And I don't either. Um, <laughs> like we said, I think uh, there are a lot of people who, from whatever it may be, from parental influence, friends, social settings, they might find the passing of gas to be uncouth. But the fact is, it's a very normal thing. I don't believe your friend. Everybody I do think farts. That maybe, uh, yeah, exactly. Everybody farts, and I don't think she's actively trying to lead on a ruse. I think what it is more is it's a couple things. One, she may be going to the bathroom more frequently, so she actually doesn't pass too much gas in between. Mm-hmm. The second, it could just very well be that um, uh, she may be passing gas and not realizing it people pass gas in their sleep the cutest (laughs) stories i hear from my elderly patients who come in and they talk about the other one passing gas and waking them up adorable (laughs) it's funny it's true (sighs) but if someone were to tell me and every md and do in the country if they hear someone say patient hasn't passed gas for a couple of days they're not going to the bathroom all of us freak out we start worrying about bowel obstruction which is a very serious medical emergency So she probably does. And either A, she knows it and doesn't want to tell you. Or B, (laughs) she does and she doesn't know it. That's really funny. Uh, I feel better now knowing that because I just feel like no one, everyone, everyone poops and everyone farts, right? Totally. Totally. (laughs) There's a book about it. I think we get it in like fifth grade. Totally. Well, if there's one thing potentially more embarrassing than farting in public, it is probably this one. So someone wants to know queefing i mean Mm -hmm. what is that and why does it always happen in a quiet yoga class totally so vaginal queefing is the sound when a pocket of air makes its way into the vagina and then another physical activity or movement causes the air to come out common places happens dancing exercising aka yoga Mm -hmm. getting a pelvic exam or even during you know routine intimacy Mm mm-hmm And a lot of women feel embarrassed, but there's absolutely nothing uh, to be embarrassed about and there's nothing abnormal. It's just basically air getting pushed in through one behavior and then pushed out by another. Um, One of the things that I know patients have come and asked me, they're like, well, how can I get rid of this or how can I make it less likely to happen? 
And what I tell them is Kegel exercises. What mm-hmm. Kegel exercises do is it not just strengthens that muscle that you can Kegel with, but all of the pelvic floor, which may help reduce the frequency with which the air gets trapped in the actual vagina. And then there's less likely for it to come out. So pretty much Kegels caution. are good for everything. Kegels are an underrated exercise that everyone should be doing. And um, it helps with everything. Yeah. Long-term urologic health, sort of the pelvic floor, mm-hmm. helps with bowel Stress movements. Stress incontinence. Stress incontinence. And even sexual, you know, orgasms. Yeah. Goodness, I need to I need to put reminders on my phone. <laughs> we all do. There should be an app for that. <laughs> I need the app. There's got to yeah. be a Kegel app. If not, you should make it. I just might. All right. Well, let's talk about burping, um, another often unwelcomed noise that emanates from our body. Is this similar to farting? Is burping a normal function? Is burping a sign that there's something wrong? What's the deal with burping? Belching and burping is an anatomical and sort of evolutionary advantage to us because if it didn't, all that air, all that gas, everything that would come into the stomach just from what we've eaten and how we've eaten would get trapped. Now, people who have a procedure called a fundoplication for heartburn lose the ability to burp. And we tell them to be careful with carbonated beverages because that gas gets trapped. And now instead of coming out the fastest way possible from the top, they have to wait for the other option, which is really coming out the end. And so it can be very uncomfortable. That gas collects for a while and it can be, you know, they have to lay down. It can cause people to have, you know, significant pain. So the number one reason, if you find like you're burping a lot, is just change the way you eat. Remember what your mom, our moms are like 99% of the time, right? Chew slowly. Don't watch TV when you eat because you're not going to realize how quickly you're eating. It's true. Most physicians really just re-say what our moms told us. And every time we do, we're like, damn, she was right. (laughs) So true. Very true. The second reason when it's not how fast you're eating or what you're eating is from heartburn. Heartburn and gastroesophageal reflux disease can cause us to have acid come up into our chest along with air. Mm-hmm. And that's actually due to the muscle at the end of the esophagus called the lower esophageal sphincter has become a little too loose. And so everything's coming up. And we'll start to think that's more of the issue when they tell me or when I ask my patients, hey, do you by any chance notice you have a sour taste in your mouth when you burp sometimes? Mm-hmm. When you lean forward to pick something up, do you ever feel like what you just ate came up into your mouth? Burning chest pain, uh, pressure in the chest that's not related to exercise those symptoms. When they happen, we try using antacids and lifestyle modification to reduce it. What people forget is that antacids only treat the symptom. They don't treat the underlying cause of the gastroesophageal reflux. The number one reason in America for gastroesophageal reflux disease, believe it or not, is obesity, which unfortunately, as Americans, we are the gold medalists in. So if we are having a lot of burping, we, that might be a thing that we want to look at is where's our weight at and is that affecting things? Yeah. First, lifestyle change. Eat a lot slower. Be careful how much carbonation you take in, chewing gums, all the things that would cause you to swallow air. Try to eliminate as much as you can. But if it's also accompanied by acid or heartburn symptoms, then come see one of us and we can talk about different ways you can then address the underlying heartburn the acid reflux, and then how to get your acid reflux in control. Now, I have also noticed that my acid reflux tends to get Mm -hmm. worse around my period. Mm -hmm. 
Is that the same kind of thing where, yeah. you know, just the hormones are making everything kind of lax and... Possibly. The other mm-hmm. thing is, is that during uh, menstrual cycles, women tend to take in a lot of caffeine mm-hmm. and through chocolates. And we know that chocolates, caffeine, red wines, red meats, all the things you crave, unfortunately. And it's not just... You don't women, know me. But <laughs> <laughs> I said in general. Okay, okay. <laughs> But all the good things that we crave actually <laughs> loosen up our lower esophageal sphincter. Like peppermint. I love peppermint, but I mm. can't eat mint or peppermint ice cream at night because I'll get heartburn. Mm-hmm. And so these things in combination with the hormonal fluctuations just sort of create the perfect storm for heartburn. Got it. Now, what about, you know, stomach grumbling? I mm-hmm. I will admit I am the queen of just weird noises coming from my stomach um, in a meeting or in a therapy mm-hmm. session. That's okay. <laughs> what, you know, is there anything we can do about that? Is that also normal when we've just got some, you know, weird air noises coming from our stomach? Yeah, so... It's a couple things. The reason why our, our, our bellies and our stomachs make noise is it's normal. It's not uncommon. It's mostly just food, food moving around and acids moving from one part of the intestine to the other and then making their way out. A lot of times people say, wow, when I was in the meeting, my stomach was making all kinds of noises. It turns out a couple things are going on. The first is that some people actually notice that because of anxiety. Perhaps they're the ones who are actually giving the presentation. Or they themselves mm. are nervous about the meeting. When that happens, anxiety causes our GI tract to move up in frequency and speed, which moves really? things quicker. When things move quicker, they make noise. That's number one. Hmm. The second is maybe you're hungry. And so that's why people say, oh, I'm getting stomach pains. I'm hungry. It's actually a way that our body tells us, hey, man, where's that pizza? And so Got it. our body's clearing out the way so that the next food can come in. And so that's why these sounds occur. Um, and then let's not forget the third part. We always seem to hear our stumble rumbling, our stomach rumbling when we're in meetings, because meetings are typically quiet. It's usually only one person speaking. And so it just happens to be the perfect uh, timetable for when it's going to happen. <laughs> of course. So what I tell patients is if you think this is happening to you, number one, if it's from anxiety or something, then that can be addressed in a separate issue. But if you know that you're going to be in a meeting and you feel like your stomach is notorious for making these noises, it might pay to eat a little bit beforehand. Because by eating, what you're doing is you're giving your gut less air and more substance to squish, and so you'll make less noise. Interesting. And what about um, like over-the-counter antacids? Do those really work? How often do we want to use those if we're someone sure. who deals with um, you know acid reflux? Totally, totally great question. It's um. So the way I uh, say the rule is this. If you know that you have heartburn, you're like, yep, this is heartburn. I've had heartburn my whole life. And you say, I'm going to go ahead and take an an acid. Mm -hmm. If it's one of like the Tums or the Zantac types where it's either like an aluminum hydroxide, a calcium carbonate, or what we call H2 blockers, that's fine. Those are really good for occasional heartburn. I always tell my patients, hey, you are known to have holiday heartburn start the medicines a little sooner before the uh, sort of holiday season kicks in, mostly the Thanksgiving and and winter holidays. So that because we tend to overeat, we tend to be a little bit more indiscretion with what we eat. So if you get the medicines on board, you'll have less symptoms. 
What I tell people is if you're reaching for your medicines on a daily basis, you might need to upgrade to what are called proton pump inhibitors. Those mm-hmm. are also available over the counter. The difference between over the counter and the prescription strength is over the counter is half the dose. Okay. But if you find yourself saying, I need a lot of Tums or my Zantac every day, or I'm using one of these over the counter, uh, like Nexium type medicines regularly, then that's a clear indication that I need to go see a gastroenterologist. Not just mm. because I need the prescription strength, but my might, I might also need further investigation, which might include a 24 hour acid assessment and an endoscopy. Right. I've had one of those. That wasn't super fun. <laughs> uh, I, I know, I, but it's not, but it's, I'll tell you this, it's less super fun than the colonoscopy. Colonoscopies yeah, tend to be I can see that. a lot worse. And <laughs> it's not the procedure that. itself. Ladies and gentlemen listening in the audience, it's not the procedure. Hmm. It's the bowel cleanse. That is the hardest part. Oh, that sounds awful. Speaking of what, what age should we be getting those? Okay. So there's, uh, two rules in mind. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, we say between 45 and 50, you should have a conversation with your primary care physician. 50 is the United States Preventative Services Task Force indication to say we should start everyone. Flat rule. Like 21 is pap smear age. 50 is mm-hmm. your age to get your colonoscopy. However, Got it. If there's family history or family history of really big polyps, or you're just not sure and you want to figure out if you should be earlier, Mm -hmm. ask your doctor because there's so many little nuances that some people may fit into. Certain ethnic groups, certain parts of the world, we tell you to start earlier. If you have a first degree relative who had colon cancer at a young age, then you actually get started at 40. Hmm. So I always tell people, if they're not sure, Mm -hmm. ask the doctor, but mostly it's 50. Got it. So much fun to look forward to. (laughs) (laughs) I just had a mammogram this morning. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's as we get older, we have more and more preventative tests. I'm going to be 37 in July, and I'm already starting to plan out when I should start taking my daily aspirin and Uh doing fish oil. I mean, you know, you go to bed now, and and there was a great comedian. I I think it was Ray Romano. He says, you know, you, you go to bed after 35 feeling fine. You wake up with a sprained ankle. And so... It's just weird things happen. Mm-hmm. That's the, that is the truth. Lots of new ailments. Well, speaking yeah. of that, I know this isn't the topic we're talking about, but you know what? What would be the the supplements or the daily regimen of non prescription things that people should take in their thirties and forties and fifties? It's a it's a great thing. So it's hard to say as a blanket what everyone should take because. I'm going to give the very, very generic, annoying answer. And that is, if you are eating a healthy diet and you have your food pyramid well mm-hmm. you know, controlled and you eat everything properly, mm-hmm. then in theory, you wouldn't need any supplements. Yeah, But I can tell you for sure that that's not any of us. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, multivitamins are great. Yeah, it's always good to strive, but it's okay if we fall short. And so multivitamins are okay. You know, a lot of times people say that when I take a multivitamin, I feel better. It may be that it may be placebo. But for the vast majority of people taking a multivitamin with a balanced diet is just creating expensive urine. Hmm. Um, Vitamin D is actually a supplement that I do recommend. Um, You speak to your physician about first making sure that you've got the right kidney function and the right uh, person to take it because 
in the future, it's very, very helpful to prevent osteoporosis in certain populations. Me personally, I can tell you what I take on a daily basis. I do take yeah. a multivitamin because I'm mm-hmm. a vegetarian, so I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. Um, I like turmeric as a from a personal standpoint. I'm from India. Everything we eat has turmeric in it. And I've just noticed that when I do take turmeric, I tend to have a little bit more ease of... Um, sort of muscle aches and, and joint aches uh, from, you know, when I work out. And also, I just know that it's good for sort of inflammatory states. You do need to take a lot of it. Um, the big concern, though, that patients who take turmeric, and they come back, and they tell me, they're like, yeah, my, my stool is orange. Right? Yes. So did you start taking turmeric? <laughs> and they said, yeah, how'd you know? I said, well, what else would do it? And so that's the most common side effect. Um, I haven't started any of the prescription sort of things, like the primary preventions, like with statins or aspirins or any of that, because I'm I'm afraid that'll just admit my my mortality. <laughs> but we can't do that. <laughs> someday, someday. And um, but those are the two big ones. I do pop a vitamin D every now and then, especially in the winters. I tend to try to be more uh, good about it because I tend to I have a little bit more melanin content in my mm-hmm. skin. I work in a hospital, so in the winters, I never see the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I do feel like a bit of a vampire at times. And so, <laughs> yeah, I tend to take them then. And those are the big three. Now, do you take your turmeric um, as a powder or as a pill? Uh, so my mother would love if I took it with milk. For all of the yeah. viewers out there who know about turmeric milk. Yes. Uh, super popular. It's sort of the... Um, the home remedy cure for everything in mm-hmm. Southeast Asia and South Asia. Um, I do prefer that, but given that uh, I sometimes forget to just buy milk, <laughs> I will just take the, the pill form that's sitting right here in my office. Yeah, I know. I was on the milk kick for a while, but it also just kind of turned my teeth yellow in the morning. <laughs> I was yeah, like I had to go that, back that up and brush. Happen. <laughs> that does happen, actually. Yeah. All right. So people had questions about hiccups. One person said, here's what I want to know. Whenever I get Mm -hmm. the hiccups once, I get them off and on for the rest of that day. Why? (laughs) So something has triggered your hiccups. The Uh most common reason is, again, eating too quickly, too fast, or heartburn. People who tell me that they've had it, they get like what we call fits of hiccups, Mm -hmm. the old term fits. Yes. Um, That's usually from silent reflux. And so those patients, I will say, well, why don't we try you on some acid suppression the next time this happens? And I've had good experiences with those patients. They come back and they're like, hey, I took that beautiful purple pill you told me about. Mm-hmm. My hiccups went away. Interesting. Now, there are a lot of home remedies about hiccups. Hold your breath. Yes. Get scared. Yes. Sit upside down. Count to 20. You know, say a Hail Mary. There's all kinds of things <laughs> that, you know, people try. Um but more often than not, a hiccup is nothing more than just air that the diaphragm is contracting with, and it's mm-hmm. just from irritation. Viral illnesses can also do this, but it's not as common. Interesting. Well, now we have kind of the opposite question about hiccups. Mm. So some people have them in a series. Um, three other people ask the same question. Why do I sometimes have a single, abrupt, and loud hiccup, just one? Ah, yeah. So... That And it's usually after they eat and they'll mm. have a big meal and they'll get this hiccup and then it goes away. I'm not 100% sure, to be very frank with you. I do have my um, sort of theories. One, I do believe that it's usually since it's after a big meal, 
It might just be from a large expansion of the diaphragm and the abdomen. And that sort of compression causes us to have a little bit excess air in our stomach. And the hiccup is a sort of spasm in a way to get that extra air and everything out of our uh, bellies so that we can continue on with digestion. That's that's my mm. uh, take on it. I think mm-hmm. it's almost like a Newtonian mechanism where it's expansion causes a contraction. Interesting. Um, you know, I don't mean to anthropomorphize the sort of the, uh, the diaphragm, but I just do, I do believe that's what it is. And they'll notice that this air will escape through the remaining air goes through the vocal cords, and that's what makes the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they'll notice it doesn't come back, and that's typically what I think happens. Interesting. Another person asked. <clears throat> Why, when I sneeze, does that come in groups of 10 to 15? Oh, um, from what I've read, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a double sneezer. I don't know about you. Yes, I'm uh, always a double sneezer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm always a double. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have friends who are triples. And then you always have this one <laughs> weird person, usually in a, in a lecture hall, because I teach in a medical school. Uh-huh. And there's always one who's got those little like 10 paroxysms <laughs> and they're really itty bitty ones, like a mouse from Cinderella. <laughs> yes. And so... I, I'm, you know, I'm not really sure why they come in groups. I think it's partially just learned behavior. But to be honest with you, I'm not sure why they mm. come in those sort of sequential numbers. Interesting. I always thought maybe it was like the nose was like, didn't get all of it. Like, maybe <laughs> just yeah. want to get one more out. <laughs> yeah. And and I know that there are people who it might be a, lo- a volume thing, like the amount of air that was pushed out or the degree of irritation that was experienced. Because I do know that when you are experiencing sneezes from allergic issues compared to like someone threw some pepper in your face, it's going to have a very different amount of volume and severity. Mm -hmm. So it may be that. All right. Well, I think we've covered most of the weird noises that I had to ask you about. No problem. Thank you so much for talking with us and taking all of our embarrassing questions. Where can we find you online? Totally. So I really appreciate you having me and I'm always here for any other questions that may come up. I'm available on Twitter. Uh, My handle is nsonpaul and Instagram nsonpaulmd. And if you have any other questions, you feel free to reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us over at Instagram at at Selfie Podcast. And make sure to join our uber supportive community that we love on Facebook by searching for Selfie Podcast Community. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at SelfiePodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes, but you can catch up with us next week. Special thanks to Shepherd Audio for providing our music. Take care.